This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the usual Friday look at grain markets this week. Wheat is down and canola is up this week. The latest numbers on grain movement are disappointing to APAS. We have an update on the possibility of some farm chemical shortages this spring for for seeding. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call one 800 324 7778. Grain prices were mixed this past week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Pacallo, says canola gained $4 per ton, while spring wheat was down 19 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front this week, a fairly quiet week, uh, generally speaking, compared to normal. March canola increased approximately $4 a ton. As for Minneapolis wheat, the March contract went down approximately 19 cents a bushel here where we are mid-morning. And that's where Minneapolis wheat definitely tried to find some some room to go up, but holding this $9 area on the March futures. And uh, we did see a low back put on January 18th of 872 and a quarter. And really that $9 is going to be a key area to watch. So what's pushing canola up and wheat down? Well, again, canola has been fairly stable. One market that traders have been, I would say, watching more has been the soybean market lately. Uh, soybeans in the last week and a half have increased about a dollar a forty bushel on the March contract. Uh, and the market seemed to have... You know, really all the bullish news it needs to keep going higher. It is overbought, but the steep trend and open interest really suggests that fund traders are still aggressive buyers. The weather in Argentina and southern Brazil still very supportive. For the next two weeks, there are some scattered rain events and heat, which leaves the potential for some additional losses kind of in the current trade estimates. So I believe that, again, the soy markets are well supported. And, you know, that might, again, help canola go higher here in the coming weeks. So what's the outlook next week and beyond? Well, for the December 31st stocks report that is going to be coming out on the 8th next week on Tuesday, Traders see canola stocks near about 7.436 million tons as compared to 13.295 million tons last year. So that's, you know, quite a bit less in stocks. And obviously one of the reasons why I've seen the price go as high as uh, it really is. And so that'll be something key to watch for next week for canola. For wheat, a, a little bit different of a story. Traders see wheat stocks near 17 
5.875 million tons. And that's where I'm kind of thinking that the wheat market really isn't as well supported as some of the other grains. And right now, there really isn't any bullish technical signals that I'm watching. Really no urgency from buyers right now. Export sales news has really been lacking. So next week, you know, will be maybe a key to watch for the wheat market as well. Adam Pacallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. The president of APAS is disappointed with the latest numbers on grain movement. The Ag Transport Coalition says CN Rail supplied only 30% of grain hopper cars for the week ending January 25th and 24% for the week before that. APAS president Ian Boxall says grain movement has been poor for the past month. I think we've seen some pretty poor service here over the last four to five weeks, actually. And, and uh, you know, there's some elements that play into this. We've had, you know, some odd weather where it's either 30 below or it's snowing. I know snow has been a factor, but this is also winter in Canada. Nothing much has changed. I, uh, especially when it comes to agriculture, we're a captive market, and, and the railroads need to, you know, do a better job on, on getting our product support. And, and I think we're fortunate that one saving grace for the railroads this year is the fact that we have a smaller crop. We had a widespread drought. If we had an average crop, we'd really be in tough shape here in, in Western Canada on, on freight. And, and we need to make sure we keep pressure on them to get those rail car deliveries done. Talking with some short lines here, you know, which are small players in the whole thing, 100 cars behind, well, they never make those up. So it's, it's, it's an issue for sure. On another topic, the federal government has announced 60 projects so far under its Agriculture Clean Technology Plan to reduce greenhouse gases, and there's the, even a uh, producer at Waldheim has uh, used it to purchase a new high-efficiency grain dryer. What are your thoughts on this program? I think any time the government invests money in agriculture is good, and in the same token, farmers are, we're environmentalists. Our livelihood you know, relies on, on, on climate and on, on the environment. And so we are stewards of the land. And any time the government is willing to invest in clean technology, you know, for moving the agriculture sector forward, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear of it. And I'm glad to see that some of the money is being, being brought right here to Saskatchewan. And using it for high-efficiency grain dryers certainly would help the environment. Absolutely, absolutely. And as long as, you know, as long as the approach is logical in these funding, in these programs, and that, that it's adaptable, what they're asking us to do, farmers will buy in, and farmers will invest in that technology if there's a benefit to producers, right, and to the environment, because we, we do care. As much as we maybe don't get as much credit as we should, we do care about the environment more than, more than people know. Ian Boxall is the president of APAS. There was an interesting exchange in the House of Commons yesterday over livestock feed shortages in Western Canada. Tory agriculture critic John Barlow raised a concern that Ottawa will impose a mandate of all truck drivers in Canada be fully vaccinated whether they cross the U.S. border or not. Barlow says producers and ranchers on the prairies facing a critical feed shortage this winter will be further affected by such a mandate. Barlow asked this question of the federal minister during question period yesterday. The Prime Minister had no answer for the feed shortage crisis in Western Canada, and that Shameful. is unacceptable. Shameful. This is an animal health crisis that needs to be addressed immediately. 
Trucking mandates have cut off the vital feed supply from the United States. And now an interprovincial trucking mandate could put our last lifeline, Hay West, in jeopardy. Wow. Is the Liberal government really going to make matters worse and implement an interprovincial trucking mandate? If that is the case, what does the minister suggest? That desperate livestock producers feed their animals that are in their care. My heart goes out to the farmers and ranchers who are affected by the historic drought of last summer. We are working hard with the provinces and the industry to provide them the support they need. And I am in constant contact with the president of the Canadian Cattlemen Association and the president of the Canadian Pork Council on this issue. We are providing $500 million through the Agri-Recovery Program and a $4 million to the Canadian Federation of Agriculture for the Hay West Initiative. That's Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau. A former Tory MP and Federal Agriculture Minister was not surprised by the quick departure of Aaron O'Toole this week. Jerry Ritz was never a fan of O'Toole's leadership style and says he knew of many other members of the current caucus that weren't either. O'Toole was voted out by his caucus this week and promptly resigned the leadership role. Ritz says it was something that had been building for months and the truckers' convoy seemed to push things to a boiling point. It's been building since just before the election, all through the election writ, uh, as Mr. O'Toole mused about policies that were not the party status or the or the ones that the caucus had agreed on and, and started talking in different terms about the carbon tax, about firearms registries. And of course, the latest was the truckers convoy in Ottawa. Whether you agree with what they're doing or not, they have the right under Canadian law to do that. He couldn't seem to make a decision. He was waffling on issues when he should have been, you know, succinct and, and uh, distinct in what he was saying. Uh, an opposition is there to do just that, oppose the way and how a government is doing things. And he seemed to be stumbling over that. As I said, he had the idea that somehow if he mimicked Mr. Trudeau, he could somehow replace him. He'd be, you know, uh, fondly uh, remembered by everybody and, and that that does not work uh, if you are going to espouse conservative values then you better stick with them that's what the grassroots wants to see that's former saskatchewan conservative mp and agriculture minister jerry ritz time now for real agriculture with sean haney brought to you in part by karst holdings in assiniboia and schlamps integra tire in grenfell your locally owned integra tire dealers on the source 620 ckrm this is your realagriculture.com update bring the energy of real ag radio to your next customer meeting or conference from your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. We're talking to Jeremy Boychin. He is the Agronomy Research Extension Specialist with Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions. Now, Jeremy, another sort of reminder here as we go through the checklist of getting prepped for spring is, I don't care if you're in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, or you know, outside of that geography as well, seed testing. Making sure that you have the kind of quality that you're going to put, you want to put in the ground. Like don't, this is look at where the market is. Look at what you spent on fertilizer. Make sure all of that is accompanied with high quality seed. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the lowest costs that is going to return uh, in, in, you know, three, four, five-fold uh, in terms of information that you're going to get back. And I know a lot of producers have sent in their seed for testing. And I think, you know, talking to some of the seed testing labs, um, one of the highest years in terms of seeing uh, seed lots come in for testing. Um, 
it's funny because we went through such a kind of, of a high and low of, of, of seed quality coming out of, of, of this past season. Um, you know, we were concerned with the drought that there was going to be low quality. Uh, and then we started seeing a lot of tests coming back and, and you know, quality was looking good. And, and we're seeing that, you know, continue on. Um, but we need to make sure that that seed continues to have the energy that we want as it continues through storage. Um, so, you know, testing some of those seed lots to see whether any of that quality may have decreased through storage. Because you're right, Sean, the amount of money that we're spending on inputs this year, um, making sure that we start with a good foundation of seed in the ground to get a solid crop started is going to help us be successful through the season. And not just that, it you know, the efficiency of everything else we use in season uh, goes up when we have a good crop stand. Um, so even if you've done your seed test before, um, early on or, or in the fall, you know, asking the question of, you know, should I be testing this again? Should I be making sure that it, it, it's where I expected it to be? If the vigor was a little bit low, um, then maybe there's a risk of, of that energy continuing to go down through storage. So there's nothing wrong with testing again. Um, and again, this is a good value back in terms of knowing exactly what you need to put in the ground. Um, Seed is hard to come across this year uh, for certain varieties. So um, if you have something you want to use, uh, making sure that you're putting the right amount in the ground based on the quality of that seed is going to be important for a strong year, Sean. Don't let that quality hide behind a curtain. Open up that curtain, take a look so you can make the right decisions. It's better to know. <laughs> you know it's, it's way better to know. It may be not great information, but it is, uh, it is, it is good to, to know for sure. So there's a good part of the prairie still dealing with drought and everyone trying to figure out agronomically all the considerations, what to do, do you know, do you, you know, do you maybe do some in-crop in if, if it starts to rain? There's just a lot of different tactics people are talking about. One of the questions that I, I'm not sure it's coming up enough, at least not in my circles, is fertilizer seed safety when it comes to the drought and what you can and can't do next to that seed. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about the herbicide carryover. We've talked about the amount of nitrogen left in the soil. Make sure you do that that soil test. But this is, you're right, this is something that hasn't been discussed as much. Um, but knowing that there's areas of, of the prairies that are probably seeing much less moisture than they've seen in many years, this needs to be a consideration of how much how much fertilizer can I actually put with my seed. And, you know, there's going to be recommendations that are a little bit different depending on your soil zone and the province that you're in based on the soil tests that have been done or the, the soil information that's been done. But, um, I mean, in general, uh, you're looking at, if you're in dry, dry conditions, you're looking at maybe a 50% reduction of what, what nitrogen can go with the seed. So if you're using something like a, a three-inch sweep and you're on nine-inch um, spacings, you know, on a medium soil texture, so clay loam, uh, you know, 40 pounds of nitrogen in a normal year is appropriate. Um, but if you're dry, dry, that, you know, you may want to think about cutting that in half to reduce the risk of seed burn. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. 
Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Increasing cloudiness today, periods of light snow beginning this afternoon. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, the high today minus 17. 5 to 10 centimeters of snow tonight, temperature rising to minus 6 by morning. Wind chill minus 29 tonight, minus 12 overnight. Saturday, periods of light snow, wind northwest 20. Temperature falling to minus 13 Saturday afternoon. Wind chill minus 12 in the morning and minus 23 in the afternoon. The low minus 17. Sunday, partly cloudy. The high minus 4, the low minus 3. Monday, sunny. The high 0, 60%. Chance of evening flurries, the low minus 3. Tuesday, partly cloudy. The high 0, the low minus 7. Wednesday, partly cloudy. The high minus 3, the low minus 5. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1. Normal high for this date is minus 9. The normal low is minus 21. The sun rose at 829. This morning it sets at 556 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is in the southwest corner again, Maple Creek at minus 3. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, minus 34. Estevan, minus 26. Saskatoon, minus 23. Swift Current, minus 16. Weyburn, minus 26. Yorkton, minus 27. Regina, overcast and minus 26. That's 15 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 29, giving a wind chill right now of minus 40. Humidity is 70%. The barometer dropping 103.3. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 20. Winds are from the southeast at 30. Once again, Regina, overcast and minus 26. That's 15 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. We have more details on a possible shortage of farm chemicals this spring. Tom Wolf is a specialist in sprayer technology and pesticides. He says the Beijing Olympics is part of the problem for farm chemical supply shortages. The Beijing Olympics have caused China to mandate a 90% reduction in their use of what's called yellow phosphorus. And phosphorus is an ingredient in glyphosate and glufosinate, and they are a major manufacturer of both of those products. So they're trying to keep their air clean uh, for the, the public that's arriving now. And, uh, and that has meant loss of production capability. Wolf says there are other factors as well. You know, we also had a hurricane, Hurricane Ida in the United States, uh, caused a shutdown of the Bayer plant that makes uh, glyphosate for North America under their branding, Roundup, uh, for five weeks. And, you know, in, key, in peak, peak production time, five weeks uh, is maybe something that's very hard to make up, especially with, you know, absenteeism caused by this, this COVID crisis. Wolf was asked if suppliers can catch up with the backlog. 
It'll be very interesting to see. We have been speaking with suppliers and asked them what their prognosis is. Uh, they said that they have uh, done as much producing as possible, but demand is difficult to gauge and actual supply is, is, is unknown until it actually starts to ship. You know, it, uh, some people are saying you, you shouldn't count on getting it if you've placed an order. Uh, you should only consider it uh, uh, having received it when you actually are in possession of it. Because uh, uh, there are different stories out there. Some retails are saying we can't seem to place orders, and some manufacturers are saying we don't. We have everything people are asking for. So we don't know what the situation is going to be on the ground. But I think one thing we do know is what the prices are saying. And prices have, as I said, increased significantly, and that does suggest that the, the shortage is real. AgroVisions is coming back to the Lloyd Minster exhibition. The show runs February 9th and 10th. That's next Wednesday and Thursday, and will feature a trade show and a number of guest speakers. Tom Wolf is one of those speakers. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan Agriculture has compiled a report to help farmers deal with the risk of uncertain weather. The Agri-Environment Specialist in Outlook, Brittany Newmeyer, outlines details of the report. Farming is a weather-reliant industry, and extreme weather events pose significant challenges for producers. From drought conditions to mass rainfall events, the challenges of each year are unknown and vary. So what do producers need to know about managing risk associated with extreme weather events? Well, risk management is an important practice for any sustainable operation. Risk management can be viewed as a strategy that uses various tools together to reduce the risk for your business. For instance, many operations invest in insurance or whole farm revenue protection programs. They practice income diversification and ensure that there are adequate operational reserves. Another tool producers can add to their strategy is the addition of operational buffers. Operational buffers are on-farm practices that help absorb some of the risk associated with extreme weather events. And with buffers, your operation doesn't have to bear the full brunt of a major weather event. Instead, they give you a little wiggle room by absorbing some of the effects. So these buffers protect your soil and available moisture, which may help with profitability when growing conditions are tough. So what type of buffers can producers introduce? Well, buffers include things like wetlands, a variable landscape, treed areas, and no-till soil. The good news is that a lot of producers already have and use these features on their operation. So it isn't so much about introducing, but rather maintaining and improving these buffers. So how do these buffers make a difference for producers when things like drought and floods happen? Wetlands reduce flood damage that could be caused by a mass rainfall event. Wetlands act like a sponge, absorbing the rainfall that may otherwise brush off your field and cut into the ground and take your topsoil with it. And in terms of dry conditions, wetlands also feed the local groundwater. As water collects in these features, it penetrates down through the soil, filling the ground reserve and increasing the available soil moisture for plants when they need it. Features like tree rows, tree bluffs and rolling hills all work to reduce wind speeds from storms that may lay over your crop and blow your topsoil away. These features also trap snow and other moisture and provide shade for the soil. 
So having trees and small rolling hills actually reduces your soil temperature and creates what we call a small microclimate around it. This means that soil stays cooler, which means less soil water evaporation occurs, and plants stay cooler, so they need less water. Ultimately, these features help conserve moisture in your fields, which is important under drought conditions. And finally, no-till soils that are covered by plant material maintain an ideal soil structure that sticks together in small clumps, which makes it harder to move with wind or water. This soil structure also allows water to seep down through the soil and into the root zone, rather than just hitting the surface of the soil and running off. So it actually allows your field to absorb more moisture during rain events. So my final advice for producers is that when making decisions for your business, it can be hard to determine which actions will have the greatest benefit. And alone, one risk management tool may not have a huge effect on your operation. But when used together as part of a full strategy, each risk reduction action accumulates together into what could be the difference between a profitable year or not. For more information, contact your local agri-environmental specialist by calling the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. That's 1-866-457-2377. This has been Brittany Newmeyer, agri-environmental specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture in Outlook. Coming up, market update. The Market Update with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. There were some big movements. Viterra prices for Durham fell $119.41 at 551.57. Canola rose $3.20 at $961.12. Lentils dropped $13 at $867.50. Number one, red spring wheat went up $5.15 at $418.91. The rest were all unchanged. Feed barley, $377.37. Flax, $1183.20. Oats, $551.53. Yellow peas, six thirty-five eighty-nine, and feed wheat, $261.65. At Minneapolis this morning, March spring wheat rose three-quarters of a cent at $9.01.5 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 2055 on offer at our Tuesday pre-sort. This market's selling stronger. This this October feeder board, it gained about 6 bucks American here in the last week, which is a big plus for us guys here in the cattle business. These real good top-end cows sold stronger this week, 76 to 81, sales to 83. Medium cows, much the same, 65 to 74. The big bulls, 95 to $1.05. 
Here's what happened at our Tuesday pre-sort. We sold 94 red and black steers, 589 at 22075, 653 blacks at 209 and 50. Try load of black steers, 735 at 204, 67 black steers, 787 at 195 and a quarter. We sold 116 red and black heifers. They came from Jacob Kerberg out of Kader, 521 at 204 and a quarter. The red heifers, 761 at 173. Next pre-store here in Moose Jaw is Tuesday, February 15th. Cows and bulls sell every Thursday morning. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both Brandon Moose Jaw Plants. Today's quote, $190.82 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Job numbers from StatsCan show Saskatchewan added 24,600 jobs for January 2022 compared to January of last year. That's a jump of 4.6%. The unemployment rate in Saskatchewan has dropped to 5.5%, down from 7.2% a year ago and well below the national rate of 6.5%. Year-over-year gains saw wholesale and retail trade up 8,000 jobs, construction up 6,500 jobs. The Saskatchewan government has signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the Council of Science and Technology in Mexico. The agreement is to strengthen ties between post-secondary education institutions to create opportunities for education exchange and research collaboration. Over the next five years, Saskatchewan's international education strategy aims to enhance the province's profile by developing stronger relationships with key international markets. Key components include student and faculty exchange, innovation and research, and cultural experiences. University of Regina hosts students from nearly 100 countries. The new agreement will promote scientific research, technological development, and innovation within academic, government, and business sectors. Cultivator by Conexus in Regina holds an event today and tomorrow in hopes of initiating new startup technology companies in Saskatchewan. SAS Tech has a 24-hour startup event. Developers and entrepreneurs are invited to pitch ideas, form teams, and build a minimum viable product in 24 hours. As the builders work on the innovative startup company, there will be talks with mentors and supporters ready to launch a product. Tomorrow evening, we'll see 24-hour startup teams pitch ideas to a panel of judges for a chance to win cash prizes and celebrate the successes of SAS Tech Cultivator programs and partners. On the markets, the TSX is up 149 points to 21,243. The Dow has fallen 62 points to 35,048. Oil is up 246 to 92.73 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 51 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.37 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.